0: Hey guys, this is Jackson Riker from WWE Raw, and you're listening to Wrestling for the Faith with Casey Cage.
1: All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey Cage, and today uh, we are grateful to have a special guest with us, WWE superstar Jackson Riker. Brother, how you doing? I'm
0: doing well, man. And if you want to call me Chad, feel free. I think people know that as well. So doing good. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't sure about that. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know exactly how you did things. You know, if you threw the shoot name out there too much, or if it was, uh, you know, you just tried to stick with the the Jackson.
0: <laughs> no, no, I do. Yeah, the Jackson, the Chad. You know, I do a lot of uh, ministry stuff, so people know me as Chad, and I like to kind of mix it up, man. So yeah, we can use either way, either or.
1: And I know, uh, I, you know, you're you're doing really good lately. You're uh, you're on WWE Raw every Monday night. And uh, right now, you're, you're in a tag team with Elias. How's that going? It's going great, dude. Uh, you
0: know, I've never been – well, I can't say never. I mean, with TNA, I was a tag guy with James Storm for quite some time. But uh, tag team wrestling is something that's always just kind of, uh, I don't know, captivated me as a kid. I enjoyed watching tag wrestling. So, to get a chance to, to you know, part from the Forgotten Sons and, and come into Raw and then team with Elias, we, uh, we're having a lot of fun. I think we're clicking pretty well. Uh, for two guys who've only been together since roughly December or January, uh, we're having a lot of fun, man. we got a lot of, lot of the, the same views when it comes to, to wrestling and entertainment, and uh, it's just a good time, dude. I mean, it seems like we're making everybody happy and getting a chance to work with New Day and, and Randy Orton and, and uh, Matt Riddle you know, last week. Um, yeah, we're clicking. We're having a blast.
1: That's, that's great, man. Like we were talking a couple of weeks ago, it's great to see the platform that the Lord has given you you know, you've uh, started in the in the small time, just like uh, most of us. And, uh, you know, you've been blessed to get the platform on the biggest stage of them all now. And, uh, you know, what I told you the other week about, uh, you know, you're a great example of Romans 12, 1 and 2, and uh, not conforming to the world and and just the the stand that you take for Jesus, uh, I think it's great, and uh, I know that it blesses me, and it's a blessing for others out there too. Man, I'm glad to hear that. You know, I I, have,
0: <laughs> I wish I could sit here and say when I was saved at 17 that I, uh, you know, I was bold throughout my Marine Corps history and and the independent times, but I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't always bold for Christ. It took some things that shot me down, and and literally. You know, we hear of testimonies where you have to crawl back to the foot of the cross. And and that's what happened to me. And I realized that, um, you know, Jesus, uh, just like that sign in, in back, back there behind you says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Yes. You know, I, it took me a while to realize that, that, you know, I can't deny him. I have to uh, share my faith. And yes, like you said, I am from Hickory, North Carolina, a small town where there's no reason at all I should be. Uh, on the platform that I am other than the Lord has blessed me. Um, so I take this platform seriously because tomorrow it, it can end for me. Um, but I know that God has given me this platform for a reason. I do a lot of stuff with youth and, and, you know, i got the opportunity through social media to do some videos or devotionals uh, as much as I can. And I'm just using it, man, as much as I can. It's just what God's given me. And, um, you know, you can minister in anything in life. Yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> and that's one, that's one thing that I definitely wanted to talk to you about. I know for me, and when I first met you, I was not uh, saved. And, you know, for me, uh, surrendering to Jesus in uh, 2012, man, I had that radical encounter. And one of the things that, that really kind of took a shot at my pride, uh, it was one of those humbling experiences is, you know, uh, when i broke in and especially uh you know traveling the roads with some of the guys that i was blessed to get to travel with like chase stevens and you know mm-hmm. getting getting to learn from guys you know uh i was always taught there's a business side there's a personal side you don't mix the two you yeah. know <laughs> uh and uh, and so when i gave my life to jesus one of the first things that happened to me was I started getting this extreme burden to Mm -hmm. uh, start putting my faith out on Facebook and on Twitter and stuff like that. And, you know, I argued with the Lord for a while. I was like, Lord, you know, I mean, I, that's, that's not my character and, eh, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, so, so how was that for you? Uh, you mentioned, you know, early on, you had the struggles with being bold. So how exactly did, uh, how the Lord work that out of you?
0: Uh, you know, I think the same in the same way, what, what he did with you is, you know, I argued back and forth and, and in my mind, I told myself, well, I have this social media platform that I have to um, you know, be this character or be this mean, tough guy that these people see on TV. And man, if I put a Bible verse, like, what are people going to think of me? Are they going to, you know, turn code on me? And eventually the Lord convicted me literally. And w- was like, you know, I, I gave you this platform, you know, it's like the Holy spirit talked to me or told me, Hey, I give you this platform and you have to glorify me. You know, if we deny Christ, he'll deny us to the yeah. father you know you know when we get there. and so that spoke words to me the more i de- devoted into uh, my bible study um into just you know being mentored by certain pastors and certain men in my life that have come into my life i realized that like you know i can't take this platform that god's given me because um i want to maybe i heard billy graham or someone say at one time there's been numerous pastors say it but you know we're not all called to be in a pulpit we're not all called to minister a pastor church or excuse me pastor church but we are call it to ministry. You got to have ministers in, in car sales. You got to have ministers in entertainment, so on and so forth. So that spoke volumes to me that, Hey, here I am an opportunity in WWE, wherever I am impact wrestling years ago to just share Jesus. And you'd be so amazed at like this fear I had of it, I guess, because I wasn't bold at the time of, man, what's people going to think of me. But now I look back and it's awesome that majority of my conversations are Hey man, I see you, you know, you WWE wrestler or whatever, but I think it's really cool how you share your faith, man. I think it's really cool. And you never know who that can touch and what kind of seed you can plant. So for me, it was the same God, man, God convicted me and said that, um, you know, you gotta be bold. I mean, Paul spoke so much about it in in, in you know, his letters he wrote in the Bible about just being bold and courageous and that Romans 12 too, do not conform
1: to the ways of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, you know, when I was first saved, I took like nine months away from, from the business and I really didn't think I was going to go back. Uh, but then the Lord started giving me that desire and I've always tried to be careful to, uh, you know, really sit back and pray about it and make sure, okay, is this you Lord or is this my flesh? Mm-hmm. You know, but, but I started getting that desire to go back. And, but when I first went back, you know, and, and I just went in and uh, you know, everybody's seeing this difference. Uh, and, and I I made a commitment during that nine months that I was away that I'm not going to be one of those lukewarm Christians Uh, I'm not going to be a bad example for Jesus. Now, I mean, we all make mistakes from time to time, but I, I committed to, I'm, I'm either in or I'm out. And, uh, you know, so when I went back, a, a lot of the people, you know, they're like, oh, Casey's got this new cool preacher gimmick or whatever. You know, what are you evangelist? Are you got to start laying hands on people and all that, you know. And, uh, you know, it, it, it took some time for people to truly see. No, this ain't a joke. And this is this is a real deal, you know. But in the in the same way, uh, that boldness. Uh, you know, begins to rise up, and and when you start seeing the impact that the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, uses you to make impacts on other people, uh, man, it's it's awesome when people are coming up, and you know, I, I heard you say it, I think last week in one of your uh, devotionals, you talked about not going around and beating people over the head with the Bible, mm-hmm. and. I never tried to do that. And in most cases uh, in the locker rooms, everybody who I started a conversation about Jesus with came to me and started uh, talking about their problems or talking about things of that nature, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's needed even in the wrestling locker room. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the Bible says and I'm not sure. I can't sit here and
0: quote what scripture, but I know it talks about the words of our testimony yeah. and be so powerful to some. And that sometimes that is all that's going to draw people in. It's not going to be, you know, you thumping a Bible and telling people, if you do, you know, if you're living that way, you're going to hell. Like, that's just not how you do it. That's not how Jesus did it. You know, Jesus spoke love and had compassion and, and all that on, on, you know, these, these people who are in sin, man. And and we're like you said, we're still in sin like daily, you know, we're we're not perfect. Um, But by the grace of God, we're allowed to, to share the gospel and uh,
1: show the world what he's done for us through our testimony, you know? Yes, sir. So let's take a little back step here. When was it that you actually gave your life to Jesus and uh, were you in the wrestling business at that time or or where were you in life? No, March, uh, March 15th year 2000. So it was right before
0: I graduated high school. I was 17 and, um, a my hometown church in in North Hickory, North Carolina area, well, Icar, North Carolina, uh, Bethlehem Church of God, which is a church that my grandfather helped literally build with his hands in the fifties. Um, mm. You know, he pastored, he he, uh, he he did some tent revivals there. Uh, was one of the elders until he died in the seventies. So it is a you know rich family heritage church. And church for me was you know dad going on Sundays and said, hey, I'm going to church. If you want to go, we can go. Uh, I was never forced. I was never you know, told, Hey, you got to do this or whatnot. Uh, he just invited me. And I started going with my father and just sitting in the pews with my grandmother and family, man, and listening to, uh, you know, pastor Howard Smith, who was the lead pastor at the time, just share the, the scriptures. And it was always Bible based. Um, it was always, every time I went through the doors, I could feel something different. You know, I didn't know what it was at the time. I didn't know that it was the Holy spirit. Uh, just, I mean, this church is, is still that way, man. So for me, it's 17 years old, March 15th, 2000, you know, I, I decided to give my life to Jesus. And, um, like I said, I wish I could, uh, sit here and say that I traveled, a uh, you know, a straight and narrow path, but it wasn't, there were was so many twists and turns for me, but things that taught me and, and opened up my eyes and, you know, drew me closer to God. What I find now, and I talk to a lot of the youth about is for me, And I don't think it's, I didn't have one. I didn't seek to find one within the church was a mentor. So when I was saved, when I was saved at 17, I didn't, I didn't know, man. I I just said, okay, well, I just gave my life to Jesus. You know, here's my eternal glory. I can make it to heaven. Um, I'll start reading my Bible a little bit, but obviously that I fell away. So what's important to me now is Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. And to find, find, you know, a new Christian out there listening or someone who's uh you know, whatever strayed the course, find you a mentor, man, because we cannot do this alone. Jesus didn't do it alone, even though he could have right. you know, twelve disciples that he discipled, you know, and these disciples worked amongst each other, and so for me, man, it was um I think if i'd have had that mentor or looked for that mentor because there was plenty of men in in the church that still go there now who knew me that would have mentored me um you know, it would have been probably a lot easier for me on my my path and Um, but yeah, man, I remember the feeling it was, it was, you know, something just incredible that kind of overtook me when I was 17 years old and, um, something I'll never forget.
1: You mentioned, you know, having some curves and, and heels in the road. Do you care to talk about a little bit of that? Because I, I think that there's a lot of people out, uh, today who they, really desire to give their life to Jesus. Uh, But I think through religion or or what have you, uh, they feel like they can't live up to the standard. And one of the the biggest things that I know the enemy does, and that's why I try to uh, explain to people the difference in the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the condemnation of the enemy. Uh, A lot of times they will feel, uh, initially they will feel the same. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit uh, is convicting you, telling you, hey, you're better than that, you're going the wrong direction. Uh, and the condemnation of the enemy is telling you you're worthless, you failed, God's done with you. The difference in the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the condemnation of the enemy is uh, the condemnation from the enemy is always telling you that your situation is hopeless and there's no solution. Mm-hmm. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is is always saying, uh, Jesus is the solution. Uh, but I feel like there's so many people out there who trip and fall or, or whatever. And they, they just get frustrated and say, I can't do this.
0: Right. I, so I'll, you know, you just said all of that and instantly. I thought of John 10, 10, and I love to talk about, you know, scripture, man. And it says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But then what does Jesus say? He said, I come that that you may have life and have it to the fullest. Yes. You know, I think about that when you know, years, you know, my backsliding for me was I joined the Marine Corps um, and it started independent wrestling, got around the wrong crowds I started partying, drinking and pill problems and, and so on and so forth, man, you know, swearing and um, it just all kinds of stuff, dude. Like, you know, just it drug me away from God. And it wasn't God, you know, at times I'd sit back and go, God, where are you? Just angry, you know, angry moments in my life where I was wondering why God had abandoned me and all this stuff, but it wasn't God, you know, it was, it was my my sinful living that was drawing me away because i was enticing the enemy you know with with or he was enticing me with these things and i was i was going that route man um you know for conviction for me it was you know it took me a while but once i was convicted once i realized for me it was just diving into the word you know galatians 2:20 says he loved me he gave himself for me you know what i mean and once my biggest advice for someone who's listening who is you know, going through things and things that I always talk about, a lot of people have this feeling of, you know, there's no way God can forgive me for what I've done. There's no way that God can love me because X, Y, Z, whatever it is you think that you've done that he can't forgive you for. Well, that's, that's not true. And if you really work on your relationship and work on, you know, looking at the, the Bible, it, it gives you all this proof that Jesus was surrounded by just imperfect people. So, I always use the, um, I guess, the uh, example with the youth group of uh, the, the twelve disciples. If you really dive into who Peter was, who mm. Luke and John and all. Dude, they were, they were messy, messy people. I mean, yeah. you look at Paul, who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Who persecuted and murdered Christians and was converted on that road to Damascus. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta look at these mentors that we have in the Bible. You gotta look even in the Old Testament. You gotta look at these mentors we have in the Bible. And that's really what's helped me on my walk and my journey from day to day is going, okay, the Bible's full of imperfect people, men and women, who God chose to write the words of God. And that is our example. Like we, we, if he can use those imperfect people, then, you know, there's nothing I've done in the past that God's not that Jesus is not going to forgive me for, you know, he died on that cross for our sins. You know, we may have to crawl back to that cross, the foot of the cross over and over and over again, man, to go, Jesus, I cannot do this without you, please, please, please. But once we realize that Christ lives in us, you know, John 15 talks about abiding in Christ. If you abide in me, I will abide in you Christ lives within us. So when you're reborn, you know, all this stuff doesn't give us free will to go, Oh man, Christ lives in me. I think I'm gonna go party it up tonight or do something stupid. And then tomorrow I'll go to church and it'd be okay. No, because then we're crucifying Christ over and over and over again. And that's not what he's calling us to do. So long story short, that was a lot of winded answer there. But for me, man, it was it's just really realizing that there's nothing I've done in my past that God hasn't forgiven me for. I can't live in the past. I have to forgive myself. And I have to work on my relationship with Jesus. I have to wake up every morning and make it a daily habit, just like I wake up every morning and tell my wife and my daughter, "Hey, I love you guys. You know, you mean the world to me." I have to get up early enough, and that's hard for me, and go to the Word, go to prayer, and just have my conversation with God, man, and start my day off right. And that's that's something that's really, really, really helped me a
1: lot. Definitely, I, I've got a young man who. uh who a few years ago uh, I was his youth pastor and he still keeps in contact with me. And he, he was asking me the other day, you know, he was talking about uh, messing up and, and, you know, a lot of times I catch him uh, in in the conversation, he's condemning himself for messing up. And uh, you know, I told him, I said, I want you for the next few days or however long it takes. I want you to tell me why David was referred to as a man after God's own heart. And uh, and he said, "Okay, I'll I'll check into that. Then a couple of days later, he messaged me and he said, I'm I've not forgotten. I'm still I'm still, you know, searching it out. And then he comes back and he, he gives me a good answer. And it was part of what I was looking for. But, you know, that the main thing that I was looking for is David committed adultery. He had Bathsheba's husband killed. I mean, there's so many failures in the life of David. Uh, But when he was convicted, when the prophet came to him and said, you're the man who did this, or, you know, when when God showed him what he had done, uh, Mm -hmm. he was quick to repent. He was quick to repent and run back to God instead of doing the Adam and Eve thing. Uh, when, when they failed, they went and tried to hide their self from God. And that's what so many Christians, so many people in general do today. They run from God instead of to God. That's right. I agree. That's good. That's good. that you think about David because he was a man after God's
0: own heart. And it is because he, he messed up and he would fall on his face and go to the Lord and say, God forgive me. You know, look at Psalms. I mean, all the Psalms that David are, part of is him pleading to the Lord for safety, for forgiveness, for repentance and stuff like that, man. So we got to remember that. uh, It's sad that a lot of, uh, Christians fall away. Um, a lot of people are afraid to go to church because they think that they'll be condemned in church or that they're, you know, there's no way that God's going to forgive them for these things. And it's once they experience who Jesus is and they can step through the doors of a good bible-based church that accepts them for who they are and will help them you know find christ um it's just a total different life i've lived life where i partied i lived life where i went to clubs and you know uh, just did the worldly thing and i thought it was cool and i thought it was fun at the time and then and even then you know saved at 17 into my 20s in the marine corps i'm thinking and if I start going to church and doing this God thing, like I can't, I can't have all this fun. I can't go out with my friends and drink and booze up and, you know, whatever, uh, or be, uh, you know, f- part of these conversations. And, uh, but little did I know, like it took me a while to transition over. And I look at it now where I'm at my life and uh, I have way more fun now being, Amen. being, uh, being a, a man of God, you know, being a, uh, and dude, like I said, it's a daily walk for me. I still have my faults but there's nothing
1: like being able to, um, just
0: enjoy life, uh, living for the Lord.
1: Yeah. There's so many who are afraid of what they will have to give up, uh, not, not realizing what they're going to get. And, and it's, it's, it's hard to explain to somebody, but you don't have to give things up once Mm -hmm. you truly come to Jesus and you commit yourself and you surrender, uh, the Holy Spirit begins cleaning you up from the inside out he starts uh, convicting you and showing you things that that you don't need in your life so it's not like so many people look at it from a, a works position of I've got to get rid of my drinking I've got to get rid of my drug habit I've got to stop doing this and stop doing it no once you're truly born again and and you surrender, Uh, You know, James says, uh, submit to God, Mm -hmm. resist the devil, and he will flee. A lot of people try to resist the devil before they submit to God, (laughs) And, and you can't do that. You know, so... So if if you just submit to God, the Holy Spirit will begin doing the cleaning process. It's not you having to give up everything. Your desires change, the, your wants and, and everything about you uh, begins to become a new creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you know it's funny. You, uh, I had to send you this sermon from Pastor Steve Hill, who was part of the Browns revival back in Pensacola, Florida, in the '90s. And I watched a sermon the other day, and it's called "What's Inside Man," I believe. But he talks about um, kind of the same thing we're chatting about right now. God is is up there. He's taking a snapshot of you every time you're, you're living in sin. He, he's, he's got this album full of these pictures that he's taken of you living in sin, whether it be drunk, whether it be pornography, what, whatever it may be that, that that drives, you know, that is inside man. But once you realize who Jesus is, and once you step into this relationship with Christ, it's like God takes that that and he used an old camera because it was in the 90s we don't use these anymore but he took that film out of that camera and exposed it to light and we all know that once that happens it destroys the film it's like once you do that it's like god zips that film out and it washes you as clean and as white as snow yeah i'll send it to you dude it's very very powerful but it's um man it's just it makes me think that that yeah you got to you start to get convicted you and if you you, you want to change, you become that new creation that, you, you know, once you accept Jesus as your savior, you don't want to live life like that anymore. It doesn't mean you're not going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to trip and stumble and fall, man, but you, you still,
1: you don't want to live for the world anymore. All right. We we've just got a few more minutes to go here, but uh, OK, so everybody can see you on Monday nights on Raw. Uh, mm-hmm. They they see what Jackson Riker is doing. Uh, what is Chad doing? You mentioned doing ministry and of course, you know, your family and the things of that nature. So what are you doing uh, other than the the wrestling world?
0: Yeah, so I got to attend uh, Fire School of Ministry. It's all it's online mainly for me. It's easier for traveling, but it's out of Concord, North Carolina. Uh, some of the some of the folks here may have heard of Dr. Michael Brown, who is just incredible. So one of my mentors. Um, so I'm in the process of just doing some classes from month to month with that. Uh, I got a four year old daughter running around going crazy all the time. So me and my wife uh, and her live in North Carolina, and uh, I just stay busy, man. When I'm at home, it's it's training. Um, it's it's you know, taking care of my daughter. Uh I work with my youth group at, at the church I go to in Canapolis, North Carolina, and do a lot of stuff with that church. Uh I play golf when I can and uh, I just enjoy life, dude. You know, I stick, you know, luckily for me, schedule wise for Raw right now it's pretty pretty, pretty chill. Sunday I fly into Tampa, Tuesday I'm at home. You know, we do tapings on Monday night and it's pretty good for me. I'll be 39 and in, in a month. So it's it's uh it's nice to have kind of a a chill schedule, you know, 2020 brought us this, this pandemic. And, and, uh, for a lot of people, you know, um, it slowed a lot of people down like in a bad way. I mean, some people lost jobs and stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's really, I think, you know, if we can look at it spiritually, it could have been a time for us to reflect on, okay, Lord, what can I do to grow? And for me, it's what happened last summer. We moved back to North Carolina from Florida and, uh, it was just a slow season for me throughout the summer, throughout the the end of 2020. And, you know, in in my twenties, I would have been going crazy. I would have, you know, whatever I'd have been doing, but I chose to uh, just pursue God a little more and, and ask, you know, God, what, what do you have in store for me? And I, I mean, I grew so much from it, you know, I grew so much from it. He taught me so much. So that's what I'm doing outside of the business, man. I'm just trying to, you know, stick to, to stick to my Bible studying and, and uh, doing what I can for my church.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I know uh, last year we went to Florida for vacation and uh, a friend of mine had turned me on to Dr. Brown. And so Mm -hmm. I, I subscribed to the podcast and, and like the whole eight hour trip, uh, (laughs) I I had it playing in the car. And I mean, just podcast after, you know, well it's his radio show, but you know, show after show, man. And, and yeah, he's a very knowledgeable man and, and a lot of, a lot of great stuff on that Ask Dr. Brown uh, podcast and and the websites and stuff like that. So uh, I definitely believe you've, you've got a good uh, ministry school there. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And if you, uh, if you read a lot of books, man, he's got some pretty incredible books that, uh, I can recommend,
0: but he's, he's, he's the real deal, dude. If you ever got questions about, um, you know, anything, um, let me know. Cause I know he's got a, an email that he gives out to me to give to friends or whatnot it says, Hey, if your buddy's got questions about whatever, man, whatever about the Bible, salvation, whatever they can email me. So he's, he's, he loves to, to, to just pour into people. That is awesome.
1: Well, right, brother, I know you're a busy man and uh, I really appreciate you taking time to uh, come on here. And uh, like like was talking about, we've been trying to get this together for for a couple of months. And uh, finally, the Lord lined it up. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, brother. And I I hope uh, that the rest of your career and and everything that you're doing with your family and ministry Uh, is blessed yeah likewise casey thanks for your time dude and it was nice to talk a little bit about wrestling but talk more about jesus i dig that (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) thank you all right brother take care you too man thank you for listening to wrestling for the faith with casey cage be sure to check out our entire back catalog every episode is available on apple spotify or wherever you find your favorite podcasts